Let's go while we're young. Get a drink and take a seat. You're in the back room. Who farted? Was it you? Did you fart? No, I'm totally kidding. It was totally me. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to... Yeah, by the way, if you're tuning in for the first time, it's that kind of show. So, uh, welcome to the back room show. I am your old pal, Gary Williams. All right. You know, you're that guy. Uh, all right. Joining me as always, uh, let's get her in here. Uh, my co-host and back room show choreographer... Hey, watch this, ready? Watch this. Because you taught me that. And I'll tell you who. The lovely Maria Gerald. Maria, there she is, Maria Gerald. Who bought Hello. Maria, Maria Gerald. Hold on, hold on. Now available in pumpkin spice. Absolutely. It's yeah. it's September. It's official. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was, what are all the other flavors? I didn't know there were prior flavors. Kind of well, you know, probably come Christmas time, I'll be a little more like it'll either be like a peppermint, peppermint. or a gingerbread. That makes sense. You know, yeah. and then and then you roll into the new year yeah. and then it's yeah. usually like, you know, some sort of bourbon flavored thing. Oh, now I'm listening. And yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you go in more right. and it's more chocolate. And sometimes you, you taste like, yeah, or like those little candy hearts. You know, exactly. You know, it's funny you mentioned about it being, uh, you know, like September and it's starting, you know, it's almost fall. In fact, technically, I guess what, tomorrow, today? Two, two, more, two or three more days, yeah. I think, yeah. Because today, uh, September 20th, uh, welcome to the Backroom Show, if you're watching live. If not, th this is the past. Hello in the future. Ooh. Time travel. Marty! Because um, I took a shower today, and I noticed it, it's one of those, you know, it's just, it's just a shower. It's not a tub thing combo. It's just a shower. And, it's, and we have the handle that just, you know, goes all the way over. That's it. And I noticed it's getting a little more mixing that hot end, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's starting oh, to get yeah. a little bit more of that warm water in there. Absolutely. It's starting to feel like a real like a real season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I just just enjoy it because I'm sure, you know, it'll it'll be here for about three days. Here's and then the thing. It'll, it'll get be like thirty degrees. Here's real the quick. Here's the thing. Yeah, but we have fucking seventy degree fucking uh Christmases still. You know. Yeah. We had one a few years ago. We did. We literally had yeah. it was seventy degrees. And we're like, well, so you know. Thank you, all you uh, 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 girls in the 80s with your fucking, your Aquanet, you know? You <laughs> fucked up the ozone, and now we have 70-degree fucking... Uh, um, Actually, the ozone is is, is fixed. It's pretty, it's pretty fixed. healthy right now. They put some of that Flex Seal on it. That guy, that guy yeah, came in here, he yeah, slapped him Flex Seal. People actually did something about it, so that was... You know what? That's what they tell us. Do we know? I don't know. Uh -huh. yeah. Honestly, did you fly up and check it out? I, I, I didn't... Aquanet. Exactly. I, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't get a trip up to the hole and go, oh, look, it's fixed. Like like a hole in a parking lot, you know? Right. They just, they just fixed it. They just filled it in. Don't, don't worry maybe. about it. Hey! Don't worry about it. Look it's over there. Look over there. Look, look over there. There's nothing to see here. Yourself. Nothing to see here. You were about Hey, hey, you were about you, all right? Mind your own fucking <laughs> ozone layer, all right? Um, very quickly, uh, of course... Hey, everybody. Uh, I know we see we already have a few people here. I'm trying out a new chat because I put the chat into the show. I'm trying a new thing this week, which is always a good idea to try something new, <clears throat> how I bring the chat in. So anybody who's watching right now, um, write a chat. And so I know that's going to come through and uh, make sure everything's up to, up to because, you know, we're, um, 
if we're nothing if not, you know, uh, pride ourselves on our technical expertise here on the backroom show. So, um, yeah, r- write me a chat here. Um, there you go. Oh, there it is. Yep, it's working. We have uh, the great Lady Poompington checking in saying, hi there. Hmm. Hello, Lady Poompington. Okay, good. Yay, the chat's working. Okay, good. <laughs> um, all right. So, of course, chat, if you're here, get in there. Chat. Subscribe to the show. I mean, you know, if you're here, you found it and all that. I get that. But, you know, not everybody who watches subscribes. And uh, comment down below if you're watching it. And Maria, of course, they should have. They sh- I don't like saying it, so I'll let you say it. Uh, they should uh, thoughtfully and with intention um, and press gently, the like button. Gently press, press the like button. I know the phrase is smash get, the like button. We but, don't have to get violent about it. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. We are about peace and tranquility here in the backroom show. We're about uh, amity. Vibes. You know, amity, it, it means friendship. That's from Jules. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, so you don't have to smash that like button. You could just mm-hmm. gently stroke it. Just treat yeah. it like a friend. Whatever. Yeah. A little tap. A little a. tap on it, on that like button. It'll be fine. Yeah. Oh, hold on. We got, we got, uh, got my girl. You're going to strip it if you smash it. There don't you go. strip it. And it's not going to work anymore. It's not going to work. It's not going to work right. Um, okay, this is maybe our number one fan here checking in. My buddy Barb pouring a glass of Chardonnay. And, it's a, and she follows a, mmm. <laughs> there you go. Barb's the best. Barb is, uh, and she like she promotes the show and she shares it. <clears throat> Friends of mine who aren't doing that all the time. <clears throat> Barb sets the standard. Um, so that's it. So yeah, do all that usual social media stuff. Like, subscribe, tell your friends, all that stuff. Um, uh, oh, we have an interesting, interesting show tonight. Oh, you know what? Hold on. I wanted to mention this too, because it's very important. We were talking about, uh, uh, taking a shower. We were talking about taking a shower, um, you know, in the temperature getting a little cooler now. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything worse? And I mean, anything sadder than when you have to take that first poop after you shower, like you put all that work in to get everything, you know, okay back there. And then here comes the poop man. You know, I got to really, you can't, you can't predict that. Like, you know. Dude, who, I can't. I'm 51. There's no predicting anything. I have very regular schedule. I know first thing in the morning and then and then the shower. Very regular? What, like a coffee very, maker? You just set, it yeah. a, set a thing and... I, I put the timer on, yes. You put the I, timer on. It just knows. Exactly. It just knows. Oh, yes. No, now, that does happen on occasion. And Tracy checking in. Hey there. Oh, and she's using the little... I wasn't sure how the emojis were to come through with this thing. Great job. Hey, I'm proud of you. Um, all right, so um, we're we have a uh, let's not mess around too long because we have a great great show today, uh, yes. a great topic and an amazing guest. But before we do all of that, uh, Maria, I'm going to need a drum roll. You know, if we're not, we're not, one sec. You know, we're always trying to we we don't like to rest on our laurels here in the backroom show and the greater backroom network. Um, so there in a few weeks, it's going to be a new show coming to your for your viewing and listening pleasure with uh you see more of this face it basically does that's going to be more of this guy it's uh here we go drum roll maria let's reveal right, this here ready? I, I go just do your tongue whatever that kind of thing yeah it's fine. here we go boom it's called gary has friends which is not not a lie it's true apparently that's what facebook tells me i have friends um Basically, it's going to be kind of this, but stripped down. It's not going to be any, no topic. It's just going to be literally me and a friend of mine who's going to Skype in. We're going to talk. Um, I'm going to try and be careful with too much of the had to be there stories kind of stuff. But I might just ask funny questions. I think probably knowing myself, 
Um, it'll probably devolve into just me roasting my friends for now. <laughs> I'll probably just say, you know, hey, pick on their shirt, pick on their whatever, that kind of stuff. But we'll see what happens. So, and if you're watching now, hey, you might be on. Who knows? So um, look for that. That's going to be what I'm going to do is I'm going to simulcast that. Um, on this on this same YouTube page, the Backroom Network page. You use your fancy simulcast word. Simulcast. But yeah, I'm also going to, at the same time, I'm going to broadcast on my personal Facebook page. So that way, if you can't make it over to YouTube, you can t- And I think I'm going to start doing that with this show. I didn't want to do it today in case of any technical, because I'm already having a few gremlins. Um, so we'll start that. Maybe when it's, we, we don't have a guest or something just to try it out. Because, um, you know, here's the thing. Uh, shows and things aren't any good if you don't let people see them, right? So the idea is we want to spread the word uh, uh, wide and far. Speaking of wide and far, how you doing, Maria? No, I'm kidding. Uh, I, see, that's 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 what this shows. I hope I hope our guest mom is watching. Hi, who I know. Hi. Um, <laughs> uh, that's it. So look for that soon. Uh, it can be a few weeks. I'm probably going to start off. Anybody who knows me, this going to mean nothing to a lot of people. But I'm going to start out. I think with my old pal Mike Rupert. And if you're from Boyertown of a certain area, and you remember Breezy's Bakery, remember Rupe. He's like one of my best friends, my longest friends uh, in the world. So I'm going to start off with him and uh, look for that. So that'll be fun. That'll be, I'm not going to do like a separate Facebook page for that. So I'm going to like sort of, because that's whatever. People it's ask like it. a vanity project. Yeah, it's but people ask enough. I, I might like mention it there. Well, speaking of that, actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, I have to promo the stuff. We have, of course... This, the Backroom Network, which is where it's going to be seen on YouTube. I know, if you're watching, you probably found it, but some of you ain't that bright, so we don't. And also, check us out on Facebook. We have two. We have the Backroom Show page and the Backroom Network page. I'll probably post a lot about Gary's friends on the Backroom Network and the Backroom Show page. So look for that there, because, you know what, I don't want to bug you. You already enough pages and things you got to like on Facebook and all that. I think that's it. Um... So, so let's not waste it any more time. Yeah. Um, let's get to the good oh, stuff. Hold on, Barb checking in. Uh, I guess because she, she, she'll be watching that show too. Yes, woo hoo, woo hoo, babe. Um, <laughs> all right. So we to this week, you know, we don't always necessarily have like a tight topic, but we do today. And what perfect timing with what's going on in the world. We're going to talk about all things immigration, some of the myths, things, all that, and why people should stop being racist assholes and all that stuff. So I'm going to bring in, this This is like an expert, Maria. I know we usually have people like you put a microphone and a camera and go, hey, I'm, oh, look at me, I know stuff because I have a camera. No, no, this is legit. This is the real I'm deal. excited. This is a Yale educated, she's a cultural anthropologist. She's literally been in the trenches. Like she, she's she been, she, she uh, 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 you know, the issues of, of migration in, in South and Central America. She's been there. This is, you know, so, I nobody yet. Let's bring her in. A friend of mine for we talked about this last night. Twenty five years. Um, you know where you love her. You're gonna. This is gonna be your new internet crush. Please welcome Amelia Frank Vitale. There she is, Amelia Hi. Frank Vitale. Hold on, Amelia Frank Vitale, smarter than you. <laughs> That's a fact, for people. Sure. All right, and I mean no disrespect to whoever's watching and listening, but this is one one smart lady here, and of course, like my co-host. Italian. Can we get one of these? Can you get one of these? Hey, say something in Italian. Say, uh, I love watching the backroom show in Italian. <laughs> Mi piace molto vedere il backroom show. Hey, 
I feel, isn't that what Michael's uh, wife said in The Godfather before she turned to Carl and it blew up? I think she said, that's what she said. Godfather. Yeah, yeah, I think almost verbatim. Yeah, almost yeah. verbatim. All right, enough with the introductions all day. Um, let's, anyway, actually, before we start, Maley, give me the quick um, um, resume about where you've been and what you do because, you know, and, and I'll tell people why. Okay, good. So okay. why you're on, why you're the perfect person for uh, us to talk about this topic? Okay. Well, I have a lot of degrees to begin with. I'm a doctor of anthropology. I uh, uh, am a specialist in Central American migration. So I've spent a lot of years in school. But uh, more than that, um, a lot of my expertise comes from the fact that I've been doing field work. I've been doing qualitative research in uh, Mexico, along the U.S.-Mexico border, and most recently in Honduras on migration since 2010. Um, so quite a few years. So like I um, spent many years, spent a very long time in shelters that offer respite to mostly Central Americans, but now people from everywhere on the way across Mexico. Um, I have been along the train lines where uh, for a long time migrants would, you know, you've probably seen images of people riding on top of freight trains. I've been kind of in that world for a while. Uh, U.S.-Mexico border. I was with the caravan in 2018 that made such crazy headlines. Oh, the scary I, caravan that comes up every election yeah, cycle. Yeah, really scary caravan of like, you know, people pushing strollers. Yeah. Really scary. Ooh, look out. Yeah, yeah, really, really scary. Yeah. Um, and I lived in Honduras uh, for about two years documenting what happens to people when they're deported. Um, so Honduras, which is one of the countries with the highest rates of intentional homicide in the world. So wow. part of the reason why people leave. Wow. Um, yeah. And now I offer expert testimony in asylum cases uh, pretty frequently um, using my all my expert knowledge. Credentials. And you are now, um, uh, uh, but not officially professor. I don't know how to tell you, but you, te you, you teach at Princeton. Yeah, I finished my doctorate last year and now I'm a postdoc. Yeah. Uh, so I teach at Princeton in the Latin American Studies program. Yeah. All right. So she's literally been in the trenches. So and I wanted to get that out of the way because um, I know a lot of people, not our viewers and listeners, because they're all, you know, whatever. But you never know. Um, your asshole Facebook friends or your asshole racist uncle who's like, uh, you, they come here in seven years. They don't pay all that. All that bullshit you've ever heard. All right. Get out of your, open up your brain tonight because you're going to learn a thing or two. This is a woman who's been there, who sees it, who lives it, who literally puts her money where her fucking mouth is. So that's why I'm going to get that out of the way. So, um, and by the way, she's really smart and and she's a longtime friend of mine. And I just want to say, I love you and welcome. And hi to your parents if they're watching because they're good people too. Uh, also, okay. I'm fretting. What's that? I'm from Reading. Yeah, she's from Reading, Pennsylvania. She's from Berks County. Yeah. There you go. Come on. She's just a homegirl. That's right. So Berks County representing Berks County. What's up, Berks County? All right. We have, um, I have a little bit of a, I have a graphic, Maria. We're getting very, Ooh. very high production-y. Basically, I want to try to sort of, you know, cons uh, make some semblance of an order of things here. So basically three general areas tonight. So sort of the macro bird's eye view of the history and some of the current policies uh, second, some of the realities versus some of the myths, because there's a lot of myths, that's a hard word to say, myths going around. I see it every goddamn day on social media, a lot of stuff, you know, we want them to, blah, blah, blah. And third, um, the present day actions, which 
you know, meaning the, some of those governors and the future of uh, migration and things like where maybe, maybe some ideas and thoughts you might have about where you'd like to see things go in sure. the future. So there, we've gotten out of the way. So um, give me uh, 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 quickly... <laughs> very quickly, Maylie, do it quickly. Um, I guess sort of, and you and I talked a little bit last night, um, a little bit of sort of recent history of migration slash some of the things that really, but seems to have apparently accelerated a lot of migration, including U.S. foreign policy and things like war, the war on drugs and all that stuff. So take it away. What you got? Come on. You, you want to give me a ballpark? How uh, well, yeah, I mean, how... how the problems at the border that people want to call it now, how long has that been a thing as as we know it now? Because I don't really remember. I mean, it's not like there's not having people always be people been coming in and all that. I get it. But this 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 Republican talking point of this huge crisis and this, you know, our borders and the danger and all that. Like when when and how did that become a thing? Because it seems like probably maybe the 80s into the 90s. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, really, it's a manufactured crisis, right? Like, it's not actually a real crisis. It's a crisis that becomes visible because it's politically expedient. Okay. But I think the real turning point to talk about is 1994. Okay. So the United States signs NAFTA. It was called NAFTA then. Uh, the USMCA, the new version, yes. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> NAFTA, still NAFTA. Yeah. It didn't change. NAFTA light, yes. In 1994, NAFTA is entered into force. And at the same time that NAFTA signed, the United States starts a different kind of approach to border enforcement. And they do this on purpose. So the United States um, adopts what is called the policy um, of prevention through deterrence in 1994. And what this means is that because there was an understanding that NAFTA was going to fundamentally reshape the Mexican economy, including it was going to push people who had for generations lived in uh, off of agriculture, um, sort of subsistence agriculture, right. that people were no longer going to be able to sustain themselves and their families off of agriculture. So that was going to push a whole lot of people to try to migrate, um, which had hadn't been sort of displaced and dislocated from the economy of Mexico before. Right. So 1994, NAFTA enters into effect. The U.S. government is fully aware that this is going to fundamentally shift what's going on in the Mexican economy. Right. And they think, well, in order to keep more people from coming to the United States, um, what we're going to do is we're going to seal off the parts of the border that are kind of the easiest to get through. So like around El Paso, the sort of urban areas around Tijuana, which had been like since that border existed, right. um, places where people would come and go quite frequently. Every 80s uh, uh, sort of. A uh, couple of buddies going to Mexico to have a good time. They were going through Tijuana, exactly. It's always, and you're right, it didn't, it was just, okay, we're through kind of thing, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think when I hear that, yes. So, the, yes. so the, the idea of prevention through deterrence is that we're going to seal off the parts of the border where it's easiest to get through. There are two operations that are launched at this time. Right. And we're going to funnel people through the more dangerous parts of the border. So like the Arizona desert. Right. Where... The and this is all sort of in the language, in the documents, right, from the U.S. government at the time, that the idea is that by funneling people towards the more dangerous parts of the borderlands, more people are going to suffer harm, more people are going to die, right. and that's going to serve as a deterrent to keep people from coming here. Right. So they were right about the first part. Right. 
But right. and, and again, hold on. So, so we're getting a little because and you're so smart and I'm so dumb and so slow. Let's slow it down a little bit. What what what? Give me the give me the the general headline version. Like of why why though? I mean why economics? I mean they, they didn't want. Is it the whole job stealing cliche thing? I mean what, why? I mean I think the why did we get the, so much? Why did we get so like you know? I don't know. It just, I just, I think, I think a whole mood shift. It was a a, a, a mood shift about. It, it became scary. The scary people coming through, and and. So I don't think I actually don't think that's true. Sorry, Gary. No, it's I okay. Think that the United States, since its inception as the United States, has been a country that has been um, welcoming of immigrants who yes. roughly look like us and really hostile to people who don't. Right. And what us is has changed over time, but like. There's this amazing and horrible letter that Benjamin Franklin wrote about the awful German immigrants mm. in Pennsylvania, how they didn't want to learn the language and they ate weird food and they went to different He's not wrong. They... You know. <laughs> sorry. But it, it's but a it, comedy it, show, Melly. You're not going to be some jokes. Sorry. Go ahead. I know. I'm sorry. You're the one who asked a Ah, I'm teased. I'm, go ahead. I'm, I'm teased. I'm done. No, go ahead. I'm not here for the jokes. <laughs> no, I mean, I think like the the way that um politics has worked in the united states for as long as the united states has existed right. has there's been a sort of cyclical and periodic way of focusing on an immigrant other right. as the reason that the country is not going great yes we, whether we, the chinese in the 1800s the chinese the, inclusion the Italians, Act, right? you know we were the focus of it at some point right. and people from uh, south america are the the current uh, target of that ire but um i don't think that something fundamental and sort of like the psyche right, or the right. politics or the economics really changed in 19 in the 90s right. what did change was nafta and so there was an anticipation that there was going to be a real uptick in mexican that's what i was trying to get it i i fumbled through it i didn't artfully present it but that's Sorry. what i was asking i exactly what was what was that uh that lynchpin um but exactly it's it's shocking hold on ready Racism is not new. Things people, I, I hate, I, you and I talked about this last night. We were chatting about how, um, you know, this aggrieved, um, uh, you know, there's got to be a reason why my life isn't where I dreamed it would be. Oh, I know. It's got to be them. You know, my life, you know, whoever, fucking Travis living in fucking Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, he's angry and it's got to be, you know, I can think of, a, of, of a several reasons why and it's, it's always looking to blame somebody and uh, it's just from its hate. Um, okay, so let's, uh, oh, I know, and also then, uh, the second part of that, has the war on drugs, like, played, thrown any fire on, on uh, a lot of these destabilizing issues and things in some of these countries? So, yeah, for sure. Um, but I think part of what the war on drugs has done is, especially in Mexico, it has really shifted the, the sort of what it takes to get through Mexico and get to the United States. So whereas like in the mid nineties or early nineties, maybe you could get across the US Mexico border. It didn't cost that much money. You didn't have to risk your life. Now, all of this because, okay, basic economics, right? It gets harder to get across the border. It takes a lot more time. It takes a lot more knowledge of the terrain. You know, who's really good at smuggling stuff across the border? The drug cartels, right? So US policy, pushes migration into the land where the drug cartels are already doing their thing. Cause this goes back way before. Right. right. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes a really lucrative business for the drug cartels. Mm -hmm. 
So now we're at a point today where the drug cartels and people smuggling across the border are are one and the same. Right. The drug cartels really control the border. They control who gets across, when, and how. Right. Um, and we have, I think, the U.S. policy has inadvertently given a really great extra source of income and labor right. to the drug cartels right. um, that we also supposedly are fighting. Right. Um, you know. The violence in Mexico in particular because of the war on drugs is unbelievable. I think it's hard for people in the United States to really get our head around right. what is going on with the war on drugs in Mexico. Um, in Central America, I think it has a lot more to do with U.S. foreign policy kind of stemming from the 1980s and deportation policy. That's right. also a thing that we did to really fuck up those countries. Right. Sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> but please. Cool. Yeah, when right. the word's yeah. appropriate. Yeah. And, and, you use yeah. it. Um, and, and by the way, the CIA uh, and the cartels, it wasn't like they weren't shaking hands a few times. I believe uh, there were certainly yeah. things that were funded by, uh, you know, I, I, the American uh, government may be one of the biggest drug dealers in the entire fucking world. So, you know. Fun story. Oh, so please. I'm a Honduran specialist, right? Mm -hmm. That's really where I do my research. Right. So Honduras is in the middle of Central America, kind of jutting out into the Caribbean right. for people who are not familiar with this geography. It is really conveniently located kind of between Colombia and Mexico. Right. So in the 1980s, there is a uh, Honduran entrepreneur who realizes that there's a really lucrative market to help connect the Colombian drug trade with the Mexican drug cartels, right? And he's also really useful for the CIA. <laughs> So the CIA gives him airplanes to help get arms to the Contras, the, mm -hmm. the people fighting communists in Nicaragua. Yes. And he uses those same airplanes to get drugs from uh, Colombia to Mexico. Drugs coming in, guns going out, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And the CIA totally knew what he was doing. They actually called off the DEA because right. the DEA was starting to be like, I don't think we like this guy so much. Yeah. And the CIA was like, nah, 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 he's cool. He's with us. Right. And until the politics changed and everything and now he was extradited and he's in prison in the united states but yeah. we really set yeah. him up oh yeah absolutely all right i um i want to show a video um hold on sorry i'm just i'm reading my notes here uh i, I want to show a video that we talked about uh off the air legal okay yeah this is from the 1980 republican um um primary debate this is uh ronald reagan who went on to become president and george bush who went on to become his vice president uh, and they're asked a question about um migration and immigration and um well you've got to notice how things only if uh, a short 40 years ago which um you know marie and i certainly remember these people and these these everyone involved here so i'm not that especially old um well just watch it this is about two and a half minutes and then we'll come back and we'll pick it up from there so here we go okay yes my name is david grossberg and i'd like to know do you think the children of illegal aliens should be allowed to attend texas public schools free or do you think that their parents should pay for their education who are you addressing that to? I think you're first in this. Uh... He was looking right at you. <laughs> I said he was. Look, I'd like to see something done about the illegal alien problem that would be so sensitive and so understanding about labor needs and human needs that that problem wouldn't come up. But today, if those people are here, uh, I would reluctantly say I think they would they would get whatever it is that they're, you know, what the society is giving to 
their neighbors. But it has, the problem has to be solved. The problem has to be solved because with, as we have kind of made illegal some kinds of labor that I'd like to see legal, we're doing two things. We're creating a whole society of really honorable, decent, family-loving people that are in violation of the law, and secondly, we're exacerbating relations with Mexico. The, cha the, the answer to your question is much more fundamental than whether they attend Houston schools, it seems to me. I don't want to see a whole, if they're living here, I don't want to see a whole thing of six and eight-year-old kids being made, you know, one totally uneducated and made to feel that they're living with outside the law. Let's address ourselves to the fundamentals. These are good people, strong people. Part of my family is a Mexican. Can I add to that? I think the time has come that the United States and our neighbors, particularly our neighbor to the South, should have a better understanding and a better relationship than we've ever had. And I think that we haven't been sensitive enough to our size and our power. They have a problem of 40 to 50% unemployment. Now, this cannot continue without the possibility arising with regard to that other country that we talked about, of Cuba and what it is stirring up, of the possibility of trouble below the border and we could have a very hostile and strange neighbor on our border. Rather than making them, or talking about putting up a fence, why don't we work out some recognition of our mutual problems, make it possible for them to come here legally with a work permit, and then while they're working and earning here, they pay taxes here. And when they go on to go back, they can go back and they can cross and open the border both ways by understanding their problems. This is the only safety valve right now they have with that unemployment that probably keeps the lid from blowing off down there. And I think we could have a, friend, a fine relationship and it would solve the problem you mentioned also. My, oh, my, how things have changed. A couple of things. Uh, uh, you might have heard uh, Reagan talking, saying something to the effect of, instead of talking about a fence, hmm, fence, a wall, that kind of thing. That sounds like something someone would say nowadays. And also uh, mentioning about opening the border both ways. What? Open borders? What? Merely now, uh, I know we've, we talked about this, and no, I, I am certainly not ready to hail uh, Reagan and Bush as the great liberators and uh, uniters and all that, and I. Uh, but I know you certainly have um, a little bit of a background on that. So um, go ahead, especially yeah, Re I mean, especially Reagan from an economic point of view, I believe, right? Uh, well, no, I mean I think both of them were really speaking kind of Republican orthodoxy at the time. Like right. it's not; it was the consensus among. The Republicans. I believe the term was the compassionate conservative of the time. There was a big phrase at that time. Yeah, yeah. That's what they, I mean, I'm, I'm just telling you what people would Ra say. Ronald you know. Reagan had zero interest in human rights. Yeah. I do not want to think that that man had and was saying any of that out of any kind of like fundamental respect for the rights of people to like live full lives. No, this was very much based on one, the very clear idea that migrants are good for the economy. This is this is actually sort of the economic truth of this, that the labor of the migrant population is very important to the U.S. economy. And the Republican orthodoxy was very aware of that. They didn't want to, like, mess with the, the business interests that were very much a part of the Republican Party donors. Uh, the, there was a sort of consensus around the idea that, like, regularizing people would be good having people come into the system and pay taxes would be good, but getting rid of them is actually bad for the economy and bad for large business. Um, 
of all sorts of industries. Like, so that was part of it. The other part that is really clear in what Reagan says there is we need to let migrants in because if not, they're going to turn those countries communist. And that's going to be a problem for yeah. us. And so the, that, yeah, that, that was that, right. Exactly. Dead center and the Red Scare. I mean, these are still, you know, we weren't quite so going this, under this desks, but we were definitely worried about. Death. Yeah, this is and Reagan like this connects very directly to what's going on in Central America today, hmm. because while Reagan had maybe a more of a sense of Mexico, what he did in Central America was directly subvert popular movements in Central America with bloody and brutal U.S. intervention. Just absolutely brutal U.S. intervention in Central America, in Guatemala and in El Salvador, both of which fundamentally destabilized those countries for generations. Generations. There is no no peace. Yeah. In Central America, this this, this is a, the 1980s. This is a hard truth for a lot of people to accept. Um, as far as their country, America, we're not always the good guys they make us out to be. And I don't think a lot of people do think that, but I think many do. You know, yeah. I mean, you I mean know. talk talk about invaders and people coming. We have been we have been we have been the invaders <laughs> for. Decades, decades, and decades. I mean, you talk about. I mean, imagine. Oh, yeah. I mean, if the We've Chinese been since the very beginning. That's yes. how we got here. So we got. Imagine if the Chinese parked a bunch of troops, you know, off you know, off the coast, and they came in on land, and occasionally, oops, oh my, did you hear about the neighbor's kid? He got shot in the crossfire. You might breed some resentment. You might make people a little bit angry. This, I mean, that's a hard fundamental truth that is really, really hard for people to swallow. But it's the goddamn truth. Uh, You need to strip away some of the sheen. The reality is we do a lot of bad fucking stuff to a lot of people. Yeah. That's it. It's that simple. And I know, I know I'm always a little reluctant to go, go there sometimes because I know people get really sensitive about things and it's kind of thing that might get you punched in in the mouth at a bar kind of thing. But reality is reality, you know? And the spread of democracy. Shit, we can't even get it right. And we're gonna we we have the arrogance, the arrogance to think that we're gonna spread our way. Get the fuck out of here with that. Stop. All right. Sorry, my little rant there. No, hey, I you're right. That's all very, very correct. (laughs) Um, the history of what the US did in Central America is abhorrent. And like there there is no sugar I'm not, you know pulling on like wacky conspiracy theories here. Like in 1954, Guatemala had a democratically elected president who was like kind of left leaning, like not wacky left, not like nationalizing everything, but he did usher through um, some really important land reform. So Guatemala is a country with a whole lot of people who live off of subsistence agriculture and did not have control over any land for themselves. So they were living in extreme poverty. So, uh, Arbenz, Jacobo Arbenz was the president. Um, they uh, usher in, they make legal land reform, which takes some land away from large landowners, including the United Fruit Company. So the United Fruit Company is very unhappy about this. This is a U.S. corporation, right? And the United Fruit Company and the CIA get together with some unhappy Guatemalan generals and they stage a coup and they get rid of our in Guatemala. Mm-hmm. And that ushers in a civil war that lasts mm-hmm. until 1996. And this, this is what, 54 you said? 1954. Wow. 
decades, generations of people just you generations. Know, unreal. Yes. Unreal. And during during Reagan's era, so going back to the 50s, but during Reagan's era, um, the person who was the the head of the Guatemalan government for a while was this uh, general named Efrain Rios Montt. Right. who operated with a total scorched earth strategy. The idea that anyone indigenous was likely going to support like communists. Mm. And so they would just murder entire villages. Wow. Wow. And Ronald Reagan said, cool, because that guy's a defender of democracy. Yeah. Wow. So what we did in Central America yeah. is, is, is a- Still resonates today. We have to pay. Yeah. Uh, you know, actually, this is a perfect, um, I'm going to sort of a little shift a little bit to sort of phase two, like above my, you know, um, actually in an economic reality, perfect. It, it um, um, what's your response? And again, I, I don't think I said this at the top of the show, but I'm, I might play a little devil's advocate. Not that I necessarily believe these things, but you know, otherwise we're screaming into the, into the ether, you know, an echo chamber. Um, what is your response to people who say things, this is kind of a two-parter to the, um, we want, you know, we want immigration. We just want it done the right way. Like my father did, like my grandfather did all that kind of stuff. And part two of that, and I'll remind you, because I'm sure it'll, is sort of the economic reality of it, you know, as far as net gains and things, you know, people that pay taxes, but don't necessarily get back from the system, things like that, so. Yeah. Well, so the first one, like, cool, yeah, let's go back to the system that our grandparents had. Yeah. Um, I'm 100% on board. Do you know yes. what that system was? Please. Show oh, up at can't. Ellis Island and yep. don't have tuberculosis yep. and don't be a prostitute. They checked your head for lice. They said, uh, where are you going? Yeah, <laughs> we, we touched on... We, we were pretty specific on that part of it when we did. There's an episode. See, uh, go check your, uh, wherever you get your audio podcast. Um, we did an episode called Your Grandfather Was Full of Shit on that exact thing. On that, my, they did it the right way. Well, the right way was pretty much until basically the 20s kind of a thing, right? Is that you showed up. That's yeah, it. Yeah, no, it really was. Yeah, there was no you showed the fuck process. up. There was no go find, you know, pay a bunch of money, fill out a bunch of paperwork, pray to whatever your gods are that right. the U.S. Embassy would grant you the the visa that you were trying to get. No, no, you got on a boat and you came here. And once you were here, you were checked for disease and then you were let in, unless you were a single woman. Like there was some Whoa. real misogyny built into that. Whoa. Yeah, no, because single women were gonna come oh, and be Of course they were, yeah. Now, uh, um, I, 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 when we talked about this a little bit, uh, the, the basically the first race focused, uh, the Chinese Exclusion Act, that was at the late 1800s. Yeah, 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 in the 1800s. Yeah. 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 And then, yeah, yeah. so, yeah, so this idea that, like, um, you know, just, well, we talked about this too. Also, the, 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 go a little bit on the get in line thing, you know. Hold on. The, the, the no sort line. of, I had, shit, I had a fucking graphic I was going to put up. God oh, damn it. Uh, basically, it's a flow chart that shows unbelievable the obstacle, the, 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 the corn maze that is trying to obtain any kind of legality in this country. So, Please, please no, no, speak on that. No, it's it's um it's a total fallacy. There is no line. Right. Like so if you are a US citizen and you are trying to sponsor a family member who is not a minor child to get here based on family-based immigration, depending on the country you're from and depending on the relationship, it could take 20 years for that person to get a visa. And I'm, I'm not exaggerating for effect here. Like yeah. it's actually the, the case that it could take 20 years. I um my uh, partner is Venezuelan. He's a, also an academic, has a bunch of degrees, speaks four languages. He speaks more languages than I do. Mm -hmm. um, if we get married 
right now, he's, he lives in Peru currently. If we get married right now, it would take between two and three years for me to get him here. Like, yeah. this, is, yeah. this is a system that doesn't work for yeah. anybody. Yeah. Yeah. But in addition to this, I want to be really clear. Mm-hmm. It's not that the people who are coming here and asking for asylum are, like, skipping this line. There's not like they're like, oh, uh, they don't want to wait. 20 years or they don't want to wait three years. This is a whole separate system. The only way to ask for asylum in the United States is to show up on U.S. soil, not at a U.S. embassy. You can't start the process from abroad. There is nothing you can do if, if you are governed by the rules of asylum, which all of this hemisphere is. You have to show up on U.S. soil and ask for it once you get here. Oh, and we'll get to that. I, I actually, I, it's, no, 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 it's okay. No, no, that's no, right. I love, it. I love the passion. Um, but so exactly. So, I, and again, I just want to sort of highlight that, okay, to anybody. Again, this whole do it the right way, don't jump the line. That's not really a thing like you think it is. It's just fucking not. Oh yeah, if you are a Guatemalan like coffee farmer, right? There is no visa for you. Right. And exactly. And we're talking about people. With some, what someone may deem like, uh, you know, equitable skills. I mean, if you're just a person who's trying to start this life, like you said, maybe, for, good luck. Good luck. No, no, no. Good fucking there, luck. There so, this whole, this whole welcoming land of all that, that we dreamed about, that, you know, it, there, no. where's, what, where's that? So no, people, people it's funny, are, the people, the people that want to harken back to the make America a certain way again, don't want to, they want to do anything but make it that way again. They want nothing to do with that. Oh, hypocrisy no. shows yes yeah no yeah. the the immigration system that our grandparents or great-grandparents you know uh accessed right that would be a huge improvement my mother's parents separately came over from what became czechoslovakia now is you know the czech republic and uh it was austria hungry back then you know that and same thing they, they were came they came in probably very early 1900s and there you go. Stamp it. Whatever. So this idea that it's like, just make it that way. Yeah, please. Please make it that way again. Sure. Yeah. Form a, yeah. It's, seriously. I, I I, don't, you know, it should be nearly as easy as getting in line at Disney fucking world. You know what I mean? You get a wristband and you come to hell in and, you know. Um, you know what? How, you, it's funny you use that example because it is like trying to get into Disney world now. Now is a freaking nightmare. It's like they just changed the system. It's right. like you have to order the, the bands ahead of time and then they're not doing the fast passes now because they got to you got to you got to show it's it's literally it's 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 becoming like are, our immigration. Are, are, they, are, are they calling it's it not the, so easy? Are they to calling get to it Disney World? That's funny. It's you're right. I make this analogy. It's like no 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 no. Yeah, no, maybe no, actually it's getting more like it is now. Maybe they're going <laughs> the immigration route. Um, so you now I get more money for it's crazy. Right. So uh, exactly. So you you want to do it the right way people get in line. There you go. Now, slash second part, let's talk about the economic reality. Um, I'm not, I was going to play it, but it's too long. Look up, there's a great bit. There's a comedian named Doug Stanhope. Um, he's pretty libertarian leaning. He's got a bit that's up there. He talks about nationalism and it's just, you know, excuse to hate people you never met. And, you know, they don't speak the language. It's like, you know, who speaks, doesn't speak the, uh, does speak the language. Your neighbor, you never talk to that fucking guy. You avert eye contact. And he talks about, um, basically the economic reality of like, if this person who you say is just doesn't speak the English and comes over and tattered clothes and barefoot, if he takes your job, I believe the quote was, you're a loser of epic proportions if you're worried about that guy. So 
That my words. I'm not putting this on mail. These are my words. So, but t- tell us some of those economic fallacies too about how you know they just drain the system. They're taking all of our resources and blah blah. Because by the way, by the way, people, I don't have kids, and guess what? I don't want to pay for your asshole kids. But I got. We gotta pay. We pay for your kids too. So what the hell? Can I can I unpay for one of your kids and then sponsor somebody to you know get an education who you know might have a shot at doing something? You fucking slackjaw yokels. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, Millie. <laughs> I get angry. Oh, yeah, that's it. I uh, get angry, baby. Immigration is good for the economy is like the highlight, right? The right. headline of it is always this is this is the truth. Um, no. Immigrants tend to be very hardworking, tend to be really um, have like a high percentage of being entrepreneurs, opening their own businesses, stuff like that. Right. But uh, I think the the thing that you're referring to is this idea that they come and they take our services. Yeah. First of all, I just want to say we don't offer that many services. That is not actually a big draw yeah, for people. They don't get welfare. I, be, I Bill Clinton signed the act, I think. You cannot come over and just, you get welfare. They, you know, there is no, there's no such thing. There's no such thing. Thank that you. That's that a thing, people. Yeah, they're not coming for our universal health care. No, that is for it's not sure. a thing. Wait, the universal health care that we don't have, yeah. they're coming right. here to, to use that. No, look, uh, a whole lot of undocumented people um pay into, in particular, the social security system right. because they work with fake uh, social security numbers or a borrowed social security number or the social security number someone died. Mm. They Because they have to show a social security number to work, in many cases, not in all cases, mm. but in many cases, um, there's been a bunch of studies done that suggest that social security, for example, would already be broke if it weren't for the millions of dollars that undocumented people are paying into the system. Well, hold on, Bailey. Why don't you tell me how much they're taking out of it? Go ahead. How much, how much are those people taking out? Bingo. Donut. Big fat fucking donut. Hold on. Lady Poopin didn't check it in. Isn't it stupid when we need workers desperately right now for unskilled jobs, migrants could easily fill those jobs. Oh, gee, shocking. There's a labor shortage. Oh, look how big that fucking thing is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're hearing about, uh, you know, we have, we, you know, employment issues. People are desperate for, hey. No one wants to work anymore. Here's a wacky, here's a wacky idea. I think I've heard of a source that you might want to tap into. So, so, so. Look, like, I don't think, and and I just want to say, like, I don't think undocumented people should be able to come here so we can exploit them for their labor. Sure. Like, I don't, I don't think that because they're undocumented or from a different country, they should get paid shit to do shit jobs. Like, I think we all have the right to dignity at work and to get paid well for doing a good job. Um, but yeah, the labor force of immigrants is really crucial to this country's economy and has been for our entire history. Yeah. Do, you, do you like getting your vegetables? Do you like getting your, yeah, guess what? Fucking Kevin, Kevin Johnson didn't fucking pick. It just didn't. So exactly. So this idea that there, anything vegetables, yeah. your, your, your house is clean. Your, your yeah. lawn's taken care of your, yeah. you know, any uh, job in where jobs in warehouses, jobs. And uh, with pretty transportation. much every kitchen in every restaurant you've ever yes. eaten. I spent years in kitchens. Yeah. So that's where I home my Spanish. It got better. Exactly. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, um, so, so yeah, so the idea, exactly. So, oh, oh, I know. People say things like, well, and actually that clip I played, well, um, but maybe there's no welfare, but their kids get to go to school or this, they get this by second generation kind of things. Like, what, what, what is your response to people that, that want to throw that up? Well, I have a couple of responses. First of all, first of all, you say <laughs> they don't assimilate, but their kids are going to school. So, like, what? you can't have it both ways. There you go. To begin with, but go. also like we live in a society. I want all the kids to have education. Like that is good for society. Last time I checked, we live in a round ball. 
We live on a planet. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It is good for all of us if we all have healthcare and we all have education. That's actually good for me right. if other people get educated. Wacky. Go figure. Exactly. Yeah, you get I know. For... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing I just want to please, say about please. the line and the system and paying in and stuff like that, right. you know, there's another myth, I think, that people often say, like, well, why don't they just get papers? Like, they've been here. Why don't they just get papers? And they assume it's because they don't want to. That is also not true. There is no way to go from being undocumented in this country to having a, your your, your your status regularized in one way or another, except for some very, very specific circumstances. But most people who are undocumented would jump through hoops, would pay whatever fine you want to put on them to get work authorization and legal residency. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, I can't hear oh, you, Gary. We can't hear you, Gary. Uh oh, he's gone. Uh oh, that's very weird. <laughs> it's U.S. immigration. They're silencing. They're silencing exactly. Gary right now. The NSA, right? <laughs> um, I can tell you some stuff about Italian immigration and like how the parallels the 19th. I know. Oops. Now. Hold on. Hey, I'm, I'm back. I'm a moron. <laughs> See, Denise, I told you I was going to do this. I made myself a button to mute my mic when I get a drink of water, so you're not hearing all this. What I forgot to do. Tee -hee -hee. <laughs> no, so let me shift a little bit in that same vein. Um, uh, well, we'll talk about sanctuary cities, and let's try, let's try to be succinct about that. But um, and to be fair, are there any fair points that you can think of that you know some of the you know very ardent anti people are like you know any anything like well valid criticisms? You mean? Yeah, there you go. Is there anything that you know? I mean, our immigration system is a mess. Right. Like our our uh, the the way to navigate it is a mess. The time, all of that is a mess. But I think the actual like anti-immigrant talking points, the anti-immigrant sentiment, is one of two things. It is either because people fundamentally do not understand what is going on. They've been given bad information, and they believe that bad information. Tucker Carlson said it. Or. Yeah. They're really racist and they're hiding it in something else. That I one. actually don't think there is a good faith argument against immigration um, that is outside of those two. I things. agree. I say it to you all the time. Migration is a basic human right. It just is. Sorry. And, so, I, and you know what? You're, if, 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 somebody, if somebody really has an issue with it and all they see is, you know, the stereotypical, like, dirty they're going to come they're going to lower our property value and you're going to you know steal this and rape blah, 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 all that things that people assign to you. trump coming down the escalator and all the things to listen if if that's all you have that's a fucking you problem all right you need to get your fucking head straightened out because if that's all you see is this this these enemies at the gate everywhere you need to do a little like looking inside if that's all you ever see people because guess what and again I, I said this to you last night I'm no Pollyanna about anybody I don't think every person anywhere this isn't five old mouse coming and trying to make a you know there are people fundamentally you know good bad all around people basically people are fucking people no matter what so this idea that you just want to like dismiss people and assign these attributes to people automatically because of a love a line or a skin tone or whatever fucking stop it fucking yeah. stop it people Look, damn it human history uh, so i'm an anthropologist among the things we study is evolution 
human history is one of migration. It is the most human trait that there is. It is why we have conquered the entire planet. It is why we've adapted to all the different kinds of climates and all the all the other ways that That's we have. That's how we got Atlantic City. Why we have Atlantic That's City, right. for example. Yeah. Uh, no, we migrate. That's what we yeah. do. We yeah. move. When shit gets bad, yeah. when there's too many people, when there's not any opportunities, when our kids can't get fed, we move. Yeah. It is a fundamental human quality. And you know what? We can build whatever walls we want, but that's not going to stop anyone. No. That's not what we do. Exactly. Um, and if you don't believe in evolution and you're a Christian, well, then I ha- Jesus uh, has some words for you. What? About- Welcoming what? stranger. All right. Now, now we talked about this again. I keep saying we talked about this last night. Uh, you had, she had to be there last night. Um, I know. Very quick. <laughs> oh, are we, well, okay. Let's see. Let me skip that for a sec. We talked, we touched on asylum. Basically, people, asylum is a legal process. It is in the law. You talk about, like, oh, there's, by being here, you're a lawbreaker. No, asylum is a law that we set aside. Now, there's, explain quickly a little bit the difference between, say, a refugee yeah. or an asylum and uh, uh, someone seeking asylum. Yeah. And okay. what makes I it different? I a whole class on this this semester. Like we Give us like the five, the, the two minute version. version. You got two minutes. <laughs> okay. The whole system of international protection emerges in the wake of World War II when there's a whole lot of people displaced and the world is like, this wasn't good. We should figure out something to do. Half the planet was in rubble. For their lives. Yeah. Right. Right. So there's a dual system set up. One is mostly for the global south and is the system where the UNHCR, the United Nations High Commission on Refugees. Okay, I, I apologize. Pause. Please translate that for me. Is this all? Uh, greetings from Monterrey. There Mexico. you go. Saludos, Victoria. Mucho gusto. A friend of yours? No. Hey! Must we, be. I don't know. We have international mob. Hey. Welcome. All are welcome in the backroom show. Thank you oh, for watching. Cordelia. Yeah. It might be my friend Cordelia. There you go. Cool. Yay. Thank I'm you for fine. watching. Love you. Cool. Okay. Hey. All right. Yay. All right. Good. I'm like, I should speak in Spanish now. Yeah. Woohoo. Um, See. Si. Okay. Really quick. Refugees, people who are adjudicated by UNHCR through the sort of refugee official camp system who are go through many years of processing and are then resettled in another country like the United States. So when you hear in the news about like the refugee cap and Trump wanted to lower it and whether or not Biden is going to raise it again, that's he's talking. They're talking about those people, people who have been adjudicated by the U.N. Refugee Agency and are then resettled here. Asylum is a different process. Asylum was Mm -hmm. thought to be for people more or less from the global north, people who are fleeing and show up. Hi, Victoria. Sorry. People who show up. And are um, <clears throat> uh, come here one way or another. Either they come on another kind of visa, and then while they're here, they say, "Actually, I can't go back to my home country." Um, like some people from Ukraine, for example, who were here already right. on a visa. That was a big thing in the eighties. People fleeing the USSR. If in fact, right. they, in fact, it was the, literally the premise of the movie Moscow and the Hudson with Robin so, Williams. Yes. That's a really good point. Yes. Like the the way that asylum was originally kind of thought about was really in the context of the Cold War, right. and mostly people fleeing political persecution. Right. 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 This gets all kind of upended in the 1980s because people are fleeing political persecution in Central America. But Ronald Reagan says, you guys aren't fleeing political persecution because your governments are my buddies. So right. you can't be being persecuted. 
So no asylum for you. Interesting. Oh, I didn't yeah. Know. Okay, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So a whole lot of people from El Salvador and from Guatemala didn't get asylum because mm. they were fleeing regimes that our country was supporting. Right. Right. Gross. So today, yeah. um, the the sort of cliff's notes of all of this is that if you need to seek asylum, if you are fleeing for your life, you have to show up at the U.S. border. And you have to say, I'm scared to back to my country. And then that starts a very, very long and complicated process. But all the people who like are getting busted to DC or flown to Martha's Vineyard um, are people who are in the process of seeking asylum. And they're almost entirely from Venezuela and Colombia, Cuba and Nicaragua. Legal people. Stop Completely calling them legal. Come they have been it's literally adjudicated. Yeah, no, love- they have been vetted by DHS. They have been through detention and they've been released because DHS has already done background checks. They've already cleared them. Doesn't mean they have asylum yet. They're still in the process. It takes years. But they have been released because DHS has already figured that out, that they don't need to be detained. A lot of people who love to talk about the rule of law, and if you don't have laws, you don't have a country, they like to just put blinders on when it's appropriate, isn't it? For them, appropriate for them. No, they Um, do not understand the law at all. Of course. Um, Now, uh, shifting gears again, um, please, again, as quickly as succinctly as possible, explain um, sanctuary cities, because I think, no, nay, I know that a lot of people, like we said I, to last night, I go, some people almost equate it to, remember playing tag as a kid and you had base, as long as you touched base, you couldn't, I think people think it's like, no, no, get to at Los Angeles and you can just commit all the crime you want. Ain't nobody coming for you. I genuinely think people, a lot of people believe that. Exactly. So please. <laughs> I think we should just make clear that immigrants commit crimes at lower rates than U.S. born people. So right. just like that whole like getting to some place where I can commit crime. Right. Most people are not coming. Oh, they're going to pay me so to commit crime. Woo! I, I find it funny to think that they think that that would be like something that they would actively do, uh, considering the number of of you know brown people that get shot by the police. I mean, you know, it's not yeah. like it's our police well, force is not afraid to use their guns. L- l- let me up uh, my chances. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I, I have to say, like, I have interviewed hundreds of people who are uh, planning to migrate or trying to migrate or have been deported after trying to migrate. And one of the reasons they want to come here is because in many cases, they're fleeing places where there is much less of a sense of rule of law and they're coming here seeking safety, right? Right. Even if they're not officially seeking, uh, uh, asking for asylum, um, they want to live a life that is with has less violence in it. And I think, I, I think part of that maybe I, I don't really want to. I'm going to say this, but let's not diverge onto this. But there seems to be this trend where some of the Hispanic Latin vote is getting much a little more conservative, voting a little Republican. It may be this sense of security, rule of law thing, I'm, like basically what you just said, but not sure. But I have some thoughts about that. Well, that's another time or place. Like, I, I, you know. I'm just going to say, I All think right, anti-black racism is not exclusive to the white community. Fair enough. Mm. All right. Um, and I think the dog whistles of the Republican campaign in 2020 were more directed against black people than Mexicans this time around. Absolutely. Fair so enough. That's, right, so, that's right. my my really quick take on that. Okay. So, um, so, so okay, the sanctuary, sanctuary city thing. Yes. Sanctuary cities. What, sanctuary what, what, what it really means. So what sanctuary cities really means is nothing. It's actually not a real thing. Um, mm-hmm. It's a blanket term to refer to a whole bunch of different ways in which uh, local law enforcement um, limits the extent to which it will work with immigration. Because immigration and any policies here and there, those are at the federal level. 
Yeah, immigration law is federal. It's absolutely. all federal. So exactly. Right. So we're talking so, about municipalities, local, county, city, that kind of okay, yeah. Right. Right. Those are not immigration laws. So right. in different jurisdictions, the local law enforcement agencies have decided to not enforce immigration law themselves. Right. In some places they have actively said we are not going to help ICE. If ICE asks us to hold someone, we we're not gonna do it for them. ICE can do their thing, we're gonna do our thing. Um and there's a couple of reasons for this. One is this, yeah, right? Federal law, we're not enforcing federal law. We're, we're not federal law agents. We're not immigration agents. That's not what we do. But another reason, and a lot of uh, sheriffs in particular have been really vocal on this, is because they think that to do their job better, they need to have more trust in their community. And if uh, the immigrant community thinks that by talking to the police, they're going to get deported, um, they cannot do the other parts of their job that they would like to be able to do. Because, you know, we can have lots of conversations about the problems with policing in this country right. that are deeper than that. But I think there's a fundamental idea that at the local level, police do a better job of being local police if they are not trying to deport people who, who have done nothing it, besides exist. be there without federal law. Exist. Exactly. It, 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 and exactly. If, if you want... A, a better relationship with 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 the community. If you want people to participate and all that, exactly, they cannot be afraid mm -hmm. to speak out. And something like they, again, we talked about last night um, that sort of was an interesting twist. It's it's these people are they're human beings, which means they can be victims of crimes too. Wait, this I idea mean, that everybody's just you know. Like, so don't forget, these are people. Who, who who are just as you know vulnerable as any other human being, and so the idea of people yeah. not reporting crimes or not getting statistics and things about yeah. victimhood because of fear of these types of things—that's a fucking yeah. problem. Yeah, I mean, I think that's really one of the things that the law enforcement agents talk about is that they want, like, say I'm uh, I'm an immigrant and I live in a community and I get assaulted. The police want me to feel comfortable going to the police to report that assault. Yeah instead of not doing it because I'm more scared of getting deported because they'd rather be able to go after the person who's assaulting women. And doesn't right? that, and doesn't that exactly, bingo, insult exactly. These, these are people, you know, uh, uh, who may be serial criminals. And isn't that what you would want? You know, yeah. you, when you want the community to help stop these, you know, these things from happening. But if yeah. you have people hiding in the shadows for fear of things like that, that's not good for anybody. Immigration violations also, like, I think it should be really clear. They're not criminal. Right. They're civil, They're civil right? yeah. violations. You're not in criminal proceedings. It's not. There are things related to immigration that end up being a criminal offense. But generally, simply being present in the country without authorization is not a crime. There you go. Um, so, uh, okay. Uh, I think... Uh, <laughs> how long are you on? Okay. You know what, Maria? You know, Yo. It's time to hear from our sponsor. Yeah. Yes. Let's let let's let Amelia like get a drink of water or like, you know. No, no, she's she's joining us, baby. I've got my <laughs> giant bottle of water right now. By the way, Bailey is uh joining us from New York. And by the way, your Wi-Fi is holding up really, really nice today. It's good. I was, I was concerned about it, but um you know, uh, Maylee, I, I know you live in New York City, and I, I know you might not be in charge of your gutter repair and your gutter cleaning, but guess what? <laughs> if you lived, if you lived in the greater Burst County area, you might, you might want to call my good buddy, Chris Herter, at Exeter Gutter Cleaning. Now, Maria, please. 
please yes. tell, tell us your feelings you know about uh we say X, how he should change the name maybe because yes. of so many services offered go ahead right because chris doesn't just do he doesn't just do gutters anymore. don't let the name he for is, you don't let that name no, for you he is a, he he is a he is a uh what is what is the saying? You know, a, a, a uh, jack of all trades, jack of all and a trades. master of most. Yes, um, yes. Because, so like we've been yeah, saying, it, it should all. be Exeter gutter cleaning and more. He has done work, as you've heard many times. He has done work at my house, and you know, guess what? It saved me from having to replace carpet again because of issues with water, uh, with a window, a basement window, all that. He will make your, literally, you know that thing you've been putting off? You're like, hey, I'll get to it, and you're not getting it done. Well, guess what? Fret no more, my friend, because you're going to get on the phone or you're going to go there on Facebook and check out some of the, plenty of before and after pictures for my man, Chris Herter, Exeter Gutter Cleaning, and you're going to see the wide variety of services he offers. By the way, he'll, he will change your gutters. He will put gutter guards on, which is a huge thing, by the way. Gutters are important. They can ruin your foundation if they're leaking, you know, but so much more, much interior work, get that siding cleaned, all that stuff, all right? It's not, get, let's be honest, your, your fat ass ain't getting up a ladder anymore, dude. You know what Don't I mean? Do it. If I know you, chances are a little bit of up in years, you know what I mean? So you shouldn't be doing it anymore. But guess what? You don't have to worry about it anymore. You're going to call Exeter Gutter Cleaning and they're going to come and they're going to change your life. And you know what? Your uh, sex life with your wife just might improve again. I don't know. She It might be a renaissance in your marriage. She's like, you know what, honey? I was really concerned about the way fill in the problem looked. But now that we got to fix Exeter Gutter Cleaning, hey... I'm a happy woman again. Let's get naked and do nasty things to each other. I absolutely adore the fact that only you, Gary, can really make the connection between getting your getting your gutters clean and getting your gutter cleaned. Thank you. (laughs) You know what I mean? Talk about cleaning some gutters. Maria, you're in a long term relationship. I'm with my lovely wife. Uh, We're together 25 years, married two and a half. You know, we were all right. We we, we didn't want to rush things. You know what I mean? And guess what? As you know, exactly. It's it's all the romance and those things at first. No, no. Things like taking care of the house. Taking care of business, right. Boom! That's what makes people happy. A happy home, a happy marriage. So, Mm -hmm. if you want to say, if your marriage is on the rocks and you're desperate for a Hail Mary, well, guess what? Nothing else is working. There is really nothing more seductive than, you know, getting shit done. Nothing more seductive. I really... And get I have shit to done. say. There you go. Mm-hmm. So crawl, call Chris Herder at Exeter Gutter Cleaning LLC. Change your life today. And also while we're here, of course, the good folks at BRM Podcasts. Hey, are you an individual, an organization, a company? You're just a loud mouth with something you want to say. Well, <laughs> but how do you get it out? Well, you know what? Worry no more, my friends, because we got you covered. BRN Podcast. There you go. There's my email right there. Gary at backroomnetwork.com. I'm going to get you all hooked up. You see this wonderful production value, how we're talking, and we're not even the same. But boom, Nick, you can have this in your life. Whatever, I don't know, you're a gamer, you, you have a topic, an interest, whatever you want to talk about. Again, there's the phone number. Like I say all the time, text me. Don't call me. Come on. It's 2022. I'm not going to answer your phone call. Try texting. Text me, and then maybe I'll call you back. We'll see. So, but I wonder why. You know, Gary. All the kids nowadays they they do they do the streaming of the video games. You know. Yeah. Yes. On, like, on, on know, Twitch. If you think one, you want to? If so, you have. To, if there's a young person who wants to think, you know, they want to become a streamer, they can, you know, get get the ins and outs from you. Find there out you how go. to stream the game. And have no more cr- no. live. Have a chat. Do the, all that stuff. That you know. No streaming from your phone. You can get on the YouTube. The shaky phone crap and all that. Exactly. Right. So call me, text me, 
or email me BRN podcast and like Exeter gutter cleaning, we will change your life and possibly save your marriage. Okay, what? All right, all right. So now let's pivot to phase three. This is a bit a little shorter. This has to do with what's going. Let's bring us to present day and what's going on with governors, specifically governors Abbott of Texas and DeSantis of Florida. We're all aware of what's going on: human trafficking, abuse of power. You tell me. So, uh, Maley, like you mentioned, these are um, Venezuelan people. So, you know, and and asylum seekers. Which, again, let's review a perfectly legal thing, you law lovers. There you go. They're following the law. But no, and DeSantis, what? They're they're, they're bringing in, like, he's like third-partying people in to send them off and stuff. Your thoughts, Go. Uh, it, so it's not human trafficking because people are actually legally in the country and are moving around. They've been perhaps sold a bill of goods or been told fraud, information, but they're not being forced across the country. Okay. Right. And they're not being smuggled. Okay. Um, I, I was listening to a podcast. Actually, but I like saying it. Human trafficking. They're evil. Sorry. <laughs> oh, it's totally evil. But yeah, it's, it's evil in a different way. They're using people, actual people, as political props, right? They're trying to make a point. They're trying to do, I don't know, they're trying to show that, like, they're going to send immigrants to New York City and New York City is going to be like, oh, no, we don't like immigrants. Yeah. I don't know if you've met New York City, but, yeah. like, yeah. I you speak exactly. all the languages in the whole freaking world here. Yes. Um, I was at the reception center that New York City has built up to um, help people get connected to services in, in New York. Um, the other day and, you know, going back to sort of the human element of this, because I think it's really important. Uh, a man from Venezuela told me he was probably in his 40s, maybe in his 50s. He had trouble with his knee. Um, he had left Venezuela a few years ago and been living in Peru, but then things got really bad in Peru. He really wants to be able to pay for his daughters to go to college and he can't. And so mm-hmm. uh, he walked right from Peru to the United States on a bad knee. Wow. Yeah. And he uh, is telling me, you know, there's just, you know, New York is a wonderful city, but there's just nothing like being in your own homeland. There's just nothing like being where you're from. Like, I miss my land. I miss my my tierra. Right. And I think that we have to keep that in mind. Right. People that, that, that's who- a really great point. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, I, I, I don't think I want to traverse uh, all of Central America and through Mexico because I don't know. So I live closer to a Wendy's. I don't think that's the, you know. A little, so I can go commit crimes in a sanctuary? Exactly. Right. Yes. Yes. No. no. Yes. Uh, you know, people are. So the, the stunt of moving people across the country is. Perfect word, but like stunt. It is a stunt. Exactly. And you want to talk about like fiscal questions. Like they're spending millions of dollars. Yes to move people to places where honestly people are going to in many cases have better legal representation and have a better shot of winning their asylum cases than they would in Texas. But also a lot of people have networks, have somebody here who they were going to be able to go to when ICE released them because they've been processed by ICE, right? These are people who have been processed by ICE. And sometimes those families are in Texas or in some place closer to where they were. Sometimes they're not. Um, but it is a total stunt. It is not based, if it was really about, okay, uh, the governor of Texas is like, you know what, Texas is just overwhelmed, where let me call, I don't know, the governor of New York State and coordinate something, or the governor of Massachusetts and coordinate something. 
No, no, no. They sent people with mm. zero notice. Mm. They sent them to an island, yeah. right? They sent them to a place where they knew that people were going to be essentially stranded when they got there. If they had, if they, they had. They said, oh, we gave them a map. We gave you a map of somewhere you've never understood. I don't know. You know, the other thing they did is they, they gave they, them like brochures. They gave them like things about like the kinds of resources they were they, getting. I saw that, but I was, I was a little skeptical. Was that real? Refugees. Oh, okay. All right. Ah. So people who've been resettled. Versus asylum seekers, right. There is an office of refugee resettlement in the United States that offers some help getting accustomed to life in the United States. Right. Those services are real. Yeah. They are not for asylum seekers. Right. Yeah. It's pretty gross. Um, because here's the thing too, because they're like, I know we'll send them to, uh, um, you know, we'll drop people off, uh, at the vice president's residency. And now let's talk about, um, in Delaware to show them a point. It's something, it's something that a little bit of a fallout from the Martha's Vineyard branch of the stunts was yeah. that, um, you know, people came out, you know, they, they, they were, they fed, clothed, mm -hmm. sheltered, and then they were, um, uh, I, I saw some of the left people going one day and look, they're freaking out because they're trying to twist it. No, exactly. The reality is there was they, no freaking out. Exactly. They moved to, to, to a joint, joint, uh, joint base Cape Cod yeah. where they could, yeah. you know, better, have better services, better this idea. And they're, cause, but they're trying to, they're trying to um, point oh, to it as you go, see, we show what the hypocrites that they are. One day, and those liberal people were freaking the fuck out. They go, that's not what happened. That's just it's not, not what happened. I'm like, you, you know yeah. what? You know what? It, it, it caused in correlation. It's like, you know what? I, 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 I farted. That doesn't mean that it caused that. You know what I mean? <laughs> because yeah. they did something. It doesn't mean that was the cause. Of they it. were moving them to to better locations to be able better to better locations. Right. But this idea that, that like, oh, oh dear. Oh, Hubert, we must get yeah. the brown yeah. people out yeah. away from our. And like, oh, you know, Obama's got that house. What in the little, you know, and it's like. My God, it, say or do anything to score some sort of political point. And it's pretty gross. And like you said, at the end of the day, there's a human beings. Human Think beings. of your grandmother, your yeah. nonas, your uh, you know, abuelas, yeah. all of the, the yeah. people, yeah. everybody. These are just you know, human beings, you these fuckers. These are people fleeing a regime that like the UN just released a report today. Oh, Venezuela? The systematic Venezuela? torture of uh, dissidents in Venezuela. Venezuela yeah. Systematic torture, including sexual violence of dissidents in Venezuela. Like this is essentially what asylum was designed for from the beginning. Right. So what are we even doing? Like, what are we even talking about now? Like, what does this country even stand for? What are the principles that, you know, people try to make an argument that they're, oh, just, they're actually just poor people. They're actually just economic migrants. They don't deserve asylum. They don't fall into the asylum system. They're not refugees. Mm -hmm. They're migrants. That's why we deport them. Well, wh what is the argument with people from Venezuela? Really? Right on. And I don't understand it because then other people will start talking about, well, like, like, like uh, Abbott's like, well, we're just overwhelmed here. We just we we cannot we can, we ha, we can, we have all these people coming over the border. I'm like that's a completely different issue. It's not it the is. same issue. Like you're 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 making it sound like these people yeah. they they went to the, the the to the border, rounded up all these people that were just hanging at the border, and then shipped them. They're not. It's those. They're not even the same. They're it's two completely different things. It, it but you're, but you're lumping it together to make it seem like that's what you did. And, le yeah. and like you and touched on. 
end of the day, they're tr- they're denying people their basic human dignity. And you know what? The cruelty for them is the point. Right. That's yeah. why I didn't want to make this too right left, but whatever. Let's be honest. The last four but or five years, it's- especially, it's been. It's not about policy. It's no. not about these men. The, motherfucker these men these are governors these are leaders of state they're supposed to help try to help right. even if it's within the you know they were voted like you know voters have a say certain policy ideas and they sold it to the voters and they get fine whatever but at the end of the day you're supposed to help they are intentionally going out of their way to hurt people they're stripping people of their dignity and it's the pain that what it's all about to them and that's been the course of the last four or five years it's not about policy it's not better than anything. it's about i'll yeah. fucking show them how can we hurt them yeah and like you said what the hell happened to this country and I am, by the way, let's be clear. I am not some wild lefty at all. I don't no, like you not. motherfuckers at all. You're looking at, I'm looking at you, Maley. At all. I don't but. like you crazy lefties. No thanks. Not for me, AOC. <laughs> but I'm a human but being. When it comes to decent human, like basic human rights, man. Basic you know human I mean? rights. That, that actually shouldn't be a right or left thing. It should never be. Not. It shouldn't Absolutely. be. But Absolutely it is not. Currently. We should. I yeah. feel like we could agree that human beings deserve a level of, of some respect, yeah. Yeah. unless they show you otherwise. And if all, again, if all you're seeing is people that are taking stuff from you and ruining my life because of their very existence on I, this I, plot I, of land, then go fuck yourself. You're because you are a fucking loser of epic proportions, and you bring understood. nothing of value to humanity. I never understood people who are like, my life is shitty. I want you, your life to be just as shitty as mine. It's because of you. Saying, yeah. You're getting something better than I have. I want that. Yeah. How do I get that? How you, do I become, how can I have that for me as well? You must suffer because I suffer kind of a thing. Yeah. 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 Disgusting. Stop it. So we could do a lot with the amount of money that we spend on so-called border security and immigration detention, which is mostly, uh, Yes. Uh, yes. Sorry. Very, I mean, yeah, right. Yes. Private. Let's exactly. Sorry, Michelle. Yeah, let let's let's now shift a little bit to exactly to res uh, uh, to yeah well, uh, 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 the future and problem solving potentially. Uh, yeah. So good. Sorry. Yes. Things you, well, no, laws and things that say, you would like to see change though. I was just going to say that the idea that like somehow immigrants are the drain on the system when actually immigration enforcement is the drain on the system right. the billions of dollars that we spend on building a stupid wall that doesn't actually serve any purpose because like okay drugs that are uh interdicted most of that comes through port of entry yeah. not around the wall yep. people seeking asylum walls uh on totally has nothing to do with it and the coyotes who get people across the border get people across the border whether or not there's walls there like yeah. it's the stupidest and- Use most useless uh, spending of money that you could possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. Also, immigration detention. The numbers of people that we imprison just for having being here on, for without uh, authorization are is insane and is a ton of money. Um, in terms of what we could do, okay, I think there's a couple of things. And by by the way, quickly, quickly to get on that point, you were saying about the uselessness of walls. Every few years or so, you'll hear about some Coast Guard people or some people getting busted because they're running a smuggling issue. If there's money, money thing, things to be made, someone's going to get involved in it. You know, oh, absolutely. We, we talked about the CIA too, but all right, so yeah. There's a ton of stuff about Border Patrol agents being involved in smuggling. Yeah, which- so. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so so some possible uh, solutions for the future. So, okay, if I could design immigration policy, two things that I would do. One is I would 
um, create the a really streamlined, really easy visa process for people who want to come here and work. Not where they were indentured to a specific company, right? But they could come, they could get work for a season, for a year, go back to their country, come again, that was accessible, that was straightforward, that was clear cut, that wasn't um, uh, very, um, very, very specific and very, very kind of rarefied and you're like, um, contracted with a very specific company. Yeah. Um, I think there are still a lot of people in Central America and Mexico who would love to be able to just come work the growing season and then go back, right. mm-hmm. but with the assurity that they would be able to come back the next year. Mm-hmm. One of the things when we hardened our border enforcement, we actually created a situation where people stayed because before that people would go back and forth. They would come for the growing season, they would work and then they go back to Mexico. That's true. But- Walls have two sides. That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Right. And the whole thing about the kids going to school, well, that's because their parents can't go back to Mexico anymore mm-hmm. without worrying that they're never going to be able to come back here. They're going to have to risk their lives to do it, which is actually what happens. Because we didn't mention this, but thousands of people die in our desert every year trying to get here to wash our fucking dishes. You'll see, they'll, they'll take, because people will leave water, provisions, <laughs> and they will go desert. and round them the fuck up to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. My God. Oh, Border Patrol will slash the water bottle so people can't drink the water. My God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. no. It's that cruelty, right? Yeah. That idea. So, you know, the cruelty is the point. Yeah. That's not actually like the invention of the Trump administration. That's really Certainly. the underlying logic of border enforcement since 1994. Yeah. yeah. It, but obviously they've, they've, they've thrown. Uh, they just um, publicized it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, the other thing, though, is I think we really need to update the system of international protection. So asylum shouldn't be p- politicized the way it is, first of all, because it's really, it is a whole separate thing from immigration. Right. But it is true that our asylum system doesn't really um, contemplate the kinds of violence that people live in the world today. And the reasons that a lot of people's lives are at risk are not the same as they were in 1950, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think expanding asylum access and having a, an accessible and straightforward process for people being able to come and work and leave and come and back and work, um, those two things would do a lot to reduce pressure on the immigration system. You know, we right. still have Title 42 at the border, which is this ridiculous CDC, this use of this obscure CDC title to keep people from even being able to ask for asylum. Right. But because so, of COVID? Because of COVID, right. yeah. Which but, Biden just said is over. Yeah. So the Biden administration has tried to end Title 42, actually, but it has been sued by a bunch of states to stop it. The same states that, you know, don't want mask mandates because COVID isn't real Mm. think that the United States government should be using Title 42 to keep out people who are seeking asylum. Um, This is me saying it. Open up. Open them up. Open that borders up, baby. (laughs) Here's the thing. And and, and, uh, um, again... Uh, cliche. I wasn't trying to say. Uh, sorry, I'm getting to something, so I'm getting a little worked up. Uh, <laughs> it'll make sense soon. Um, uh, you can have, and we talked about NAFTA and now the USMCA. You can have free trade, or you can have economic uh, deals. Yeah. Can't have both. Can't have both. Those things are mutually exclusive. You have free trade, which means the fr- freedom to hire the labor I want, on and on and on. Or you can have trade deals. Some yeah. of the reasons to get a little tangent here. Remember the baby, the baby, uh, the baby formula shortage. Yeah. Directly had roots in the ASMCA because one of the very specific provisions 
actually dealt with baby formula and getting it from places like Canada because we had three major manufacturers. One of them took a shit. Uh-oh. Okay, let's just... Oh, Canada's like, hey, we got plenty. They're like, oh, well, we kind of can't because we kind of signed that thing. That says, so remember, they were talking about the cargo ship that had to go all over? So there uh-huh. you go. There's your nationalism. There's their... We just need to make everything here and we don't have to worry about relationships with international people. It doesn't work. We live on a planet that needs to have... Uh, true free market system so that people don't, I don't know, if there's an issue when a baby formula factory goes down, eh, maybe there's easier access to it so we don't have a fucking crisis. So, but that's my little tangent on that. I'm not, I'm not a capitalist. Like I am the crazy lefty that you don't like. Of course, but I love you anyway. I recognize, I know. that we live in a society yes. that has determined a state that has determined that the free market is the best solution for the the for society for for the good of all the free market is what governs in this society yeah. um I, that might not be my well my, free market's gotten more idea, people out of poverty you think better, but but why why doesn't that apply to labor then why doesn't that apply to people from outside of this country right on if that's the the right fundamental on myth of what the United States is, why are some people who are born on another side of an imaginary line line. not part of that? And we talked about the whole analogy of I lock your your locker house at night, which is a whole, we got to move along here, but I don't really want to go down that path, but uh, uh, I got news for you. Your house and your car isn't a fucking country, not the same thing. I know you, I know you dumb guys out there think it's a smart fucking point to, to uh, analogize is that a word? Uh, your car and the country, but it doesn't work that way. All right. So moving along here very quickly, uh, Amelia, we're going to shift gears here. A little levity, a little lightness here. It's a segment we like to call, Am I the Asshole? Here we go. All right. Let me give Amelia the quick rundown. There's a subreddit called, Am I the I Asshole? Know about yeah, of course, you. there you go. And uh, people present... To the public, hey, I had this interaction, this whatever, with somebody, and this happened. Hey, who was in the right here? And they put it out writ large for the public to judge. So here we go. Okay, Maria, what do you got? I got uh, I got something very interesting this okay. time. Uh, this one is, uh, am I the asshole for expecting my brother not to wear Crocs to my wedding? <laughs> All right. Th- that's a change of pace, my isn't wedding- it? Yeah, my wedding is coming up this week. I have, for the last six months, had a website up with an example picture of the semi-formal dress, which is the dress code for the wedding. These pictures showed the dress shoes with slacks and buttoned-up shirts for people that don't wear dresses. I learned today that my mother bought my brother Crocs to wear to the wedding because he has no dress shoes. I thought it was fairly obvious that Crocs are not dress shoes, and I let her know that I would not want him to wear them but to get nicer shoes, even offering to take him out and help him pick out and buy new ones. This made my parents really angry uh, with my adoptive father saying that I have I, that I have it mixed up who controls who and that I can't be telling his wife what to do with his son. Is it unreasonable for me to expect my family to dress nicely for my wedding? <laughs> All right, Manly, what do you got? It, 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 I think, I don't know what I think. <laughs> Go ahead. You know what? I was not paying attention. I'm so sorry. That's okay. That's okay. I know. You're more. Basically, is it okay to tell someone to come to your wedding to not wear fucking Crocs when you made it clear that you shouldn't wear Crocs? Uh, very minimal dress requirements for a wedding to not wear Crocs. 
I just everybody do whatever that you want. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, but it's I your wedding. Know. I don't know. Maria, go ahead. What do you got? I, I feel like crockware has come a long way since uh, since the beginning times. I feel like there's got to be a formal crock out there. <laughs> I, I, if you look it up, I bet you Were they, dollars and donuts. There's some sort of fancy crock that they were just a guest at the wedding. They weren't in the wedding, right? No. She has a crock. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? At the end of the day, I mean, yeah, it was their request. It is their wedding, but I don't know. Lighten the fuck up a little bit, too. And honestly, right? Honestly, do you really remember what people were wearing? You know what I mean? I mean, I got married a little untraditionally, so. um, If, if, if that was not said, like if, if, and I'm sure there are some black crock. Yeah, maybe if he's wearing, you know, hot pink crocs. Right, <laughs> that they would notice. But if he had on black Crocs with black socks, Ooh. patent right, leather your Crocs, day, your day, you're having, you're taking your pictures, you're doing your thing, you're talking to me. Would you have? Maybe this bride would have noticed, but I feel like that you probably wouldn't even have noticed. And I, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. the fact that they were like, "Well, we're going to buy him Crocs." Like, right. no, no, you just keep that on the DL. You don't, you don't yeah. feel, feel like the. The parents might be a bit of the assholes here because, like, why would you even say that to them? Like, why would you even say, you know, she doesn't want, she wants something specific? Like, that's well, true. She's going to get in the black Crocs. He's going to wear black socks. And his pants are going to be long. Right. And she's probably not going to even notice. And even if she doesn't notice, what is she going to let that, like, ruin her whole day right. at that point? Yeah. Because, no, generally, I, mean, I feel like we should not be telling other people what to wear. Right. Like, if you're going to be in my wedding photos, if you're going to be in my wedding party, okay, I guess. Like you've got yeah. some control over that. Yeah. Outside of that, like, yeah, wear whatever you want. Yeah. Because I guarantee, because I guarantee it that you could have, she could like this person said exactly what she wants. This is these are the examples of stuff that I would like you to wear for my wedding. Right. I guarantee you that there will be several people who will either not have read that or not okay. cared. And, and here's the wear thing: they want to I, and you gotta I, let you gotta roll with that. You gotta I've, let that. If, I feel bad. I feel bad for the person getting married to that person because they seem like a real huge penis. It's going to be, yeah, there's a little micromanaging. There you go. So I'm calling them the asshole. Right? We all agree. Yeah. No, again, we're not talking about barefoot and you're putting your feet up on the table. You know, someone goes to grab some bread, a fucking roll, and someone's got their stupid fucking nasty foot in it. You're wearing Crocs. Who gets a shit? It's a shoe. All right. All right, so there you go. We all agree. Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. Whatever you want. All right, another rousing rendition of Am I the Asshole? Okay, so I think we've touched on mostly everything. Um, Maylee, very quickly, anything you want to plug? I know you have a website, right? Oh, I do. Well, hold uh, on. Amelia, hold on. Lady Poopington, very quickly, it's ridiculous how much it costs to go to a wedding. True. True. Barb, agree. There you go. That's true. So, whatever. People, stop micromanaging everything. God. Just enjoy your day. God, have enjoy a nice... Enjoy your day. Enjoy your day. All right. Yes. Go ahead, Bailey, please. Plug away. What do you got? Just anything. Just whatever I would like to add now. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I want to know. Like, yeah, like, yeah, quickly. Where, where would you like people to be? Any particular resources and things you think people should uh, turn their eyes to? Any... any um. Yeah, I mean, there's some uh, people to follow on Twitter who are really good. Um, uh, I can, I can, add, I don't know, I can put them Sam. in. Oh, actually, you I, know what? I like, tell you what, I'll add it to the show notes and things. 
Yeah, let me add him to the show notes. Okay, um, I'll add him. Okay. There's an attorney named Taylor Levy who does a really good analysis from what's going on at the border. Um, okay. You know, if people want to get educated about Central America, I would say um, there's a really good movie called Innocent Voices um, about what happened in El Salvador in the 80s. And it's really, I think, well done and, and accessible to people who aren't specialists. Right. Like, it's a, it's, a, it's a movie, right? It's not a documentary. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, we have to remember that the people who are trying to come here are human beings. And that gets lost in all of this hot debate. It gets lost in all the policy proposals. And using them as props is just so dehumanizing. That's kind of, it. it is, it is breaking my heart in a way that, you know, immigration policy often breaks my heart. Right. But this is a really, a really big one. Um, yeah, I can send out some links about uh, accounts to follow. Um, there's, there's a ton. Um, okay. Well, here, uh, let, let, no, here, let, this Lady Poopington. How can people help financially or otherwise? That's a great question. Is there anything that we can uh, uh, we can pull resources? What, what can we do to yeah. like um, have a direct effect? Yeah. So there's an organization working out of Tijuana and San Diego called Al Otro Lado. Okay. Al, Al Otro Lado. Um, A-L-O-T-R-O-L-A-D-O. And I think they're a really good organization that does really good hands-on work and they can always use funds. Um, So you're all, maybe many of you are in Berks County. So Berks County has one of the only family detention centers in the country. So Hmm. families get detained there. So a mother or a father with their children are detained there. Um, It used to be Berksheim. If any of you remember that, that is now a federal detention center. Um, And there is a nonprofit organization in Berks County called Aldea, um, A-L-D-E-A, that does really important work to try to help the people who are in Berks get connected with legal resources, get the proof they need to be able to file their asylum claims. Um, And they also work on a really shoestring budget and could use um, some donations if people have got a couple bucks to spare. Um, I think I think in general, figuring out what's going on locally is a really, really good way to get involved because it is so messy nationally. But every community has something that needs to be dealt with at the local local level. And in Reading, I think um, GRIP is also a good organization that does like scholarships for immigrant students um, in Berks County that I would really recommend looking into. And then, yeah, Aldea, the the legal organization that I mentioned. I always go back and change. um, But once, you know, uh, because I also put out an audio version of this and I always change. So I'll put show notes and things in for for those links. Don't be a dick. Help people out. Come on, man. At the end of the day. All right. I'm this is the part very quickly. um, I've been sort of getting to um, shifting gears a little bit. Um, I do these every now and then. I give a little tribute. Um, Okay. Want to see your old pal cry? Well, here you can, great place. Um, and we talk about on the show, the back room is about, um, it's based on, um, I grew up in Boyertown, there was a bar called Izzy's, and we used to sit in the back room and crack wise and, and you know, mostly goof around, but, you know, you talk about serious stuff because that's life. And uh, so that's the spirit of, uh, damn it, that's the spirit of the show. And um, someone, a friend of mine who, um, uh, literally represents that and was actually physically there too in, in spirit and body. My friend Barry sadly passed away um, last Wednesday. Um, 
51. Um, and um, let's be very quickly about Barry. Um, uh, he, was, he was a great guy. Um, uh, he, was, he was a high school football star. He went to college. He was a lawyer. He was a family man. He was, by every definition, um, just a winner. You know, what we call a winner. <laughs> um, and Barry, certainly, no one would ever have called him the life of the party. He was a very almost old school kind of, you know, um, not a man of many words, but when he did, um, you listen up. And um, he, 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 because he, he didn't need to be the life of the party because there was a lot of us maniacs around, you know, um, well, you know, me, you know, I'm all loud and talk a lot. And, you know, my thing is cluster bombs and, and, but he was like more precision missiles and things. Um, and, 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 and he was, he was a, a term my friends and I use is we call it a manager um, because sometimes some of our friends get a little rambunctious, you know, being out, things happen, people get out of line a little bit, and, you know, you see your friend getting maybe into some trouble, and you'd say, like, Joey, I need a manager! I need a manager! So Barry was a manager, because um, no one, everybody respected Barry, you listened to him, he was a um, smart guy, too, smart. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, uh, so, uh, uh, I was going to say, um, uh, Deez and I were luckily, I've known Barry since we were kids, but luckily, uh, the last, uh, fortunately, excuse me, the last 10 plus years or so, we've really gotten pretty closer. My, my wife and I, um, spent a lot of time with him and his wife, Angie, who a great friend of ours, who I also, I actually have known longer, uh, from school, um, in groups or as couples that kind of, we spent a lot of time with them. And, um, Barry was, um, um, like I said, a man of few words, but he's what I call sneaky funny. Like, you know, we're all blah, 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 being funny. And then he would just say something. He was very dry. That would be the funniest line of the night. And he'd have you on the floor laughing. Um, and a, a, a quick example of that. Um, Barry also, uh, uh, be very dark dark humor you know no matter there, there was no there was no uh no situation that was too uh holy or whatever that we couldn't get a little dark there and i'll give you an example this is we saw them i saw him last uh about a month and a half ago <laughs> we um About a month and a half ago, we went over to their house, and uh, and and he they they, they had um, relatively new. They bought like their dream property, their dream house, and they were very proud of it. And he would show it off, and uh, so we decided um, we were going to run out and get some pizza from a local place. So I hopped in the car with him. Then he stayed behind. Her and Angie talked, and we got in the truck, you know, and. It's it's a little silent because you know we know what's going on at this point, um, and again, so I <laughs> you know knowing Barry didn't mind a dark joke. I, I'd I'd said on on the drive to, the, to get the pizza. I go, is there Barry? Is there anything I can do? Anything you need? You know, and I jokingly said, a secret family that I have to be. You know, let someone know what's going on. And he he said, um. He looked me right in the eye in a dry Barry style, and he said, nah, I already killed him. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, here's a man facing, and he's just, I don't know. Um, 
It's just very, very, and and it really it took it took the tension out of the, out of the whole thing. It took the air out of the, out of the tension balloon, and that was Barry. He was just a a, a fun guy, and uh, here's a picture of him. This is at his. Um, this is zoomed in. There was a there was a this a, a wide shot. This was a bunch of people um, at their old house for his fortieth birthday. That was me and him, and that's his daughter. His little daughter, well, little then, now just started their senior year, and that's Barry. So, I just wanted to say, uh, Barry, I love you. You're always a kind friend, never cruel. And, uh, the world needs more Barrys, so that's it. And, uh, tell your friends you love them. So, that's it. So, I think I've cried enough. Um... <laughs> So thank you, Barry, for your friendship. That's it. Thank you for being a great friend, not only to me, but to, to everybody that knew you. And uh, we all love you, brother. And uh, I'm going to be thinking about you a lot. That's it. Okay. So on that note, everybody, thank you um, for sitting through that. Um, tell your friends you love them. Don't let the day go by. That's it. So, uh, Maria, take us out, will you? <laughs> Amelia, thank you so much for talking with us. I learned a lot tonight, and I have some great talking points uh, if I actually run into people who say nonsense shit, and I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, thank you all for listening. Actually, you don't forget to subscribe, and, um, and uh, oh, I'm forgetting what else. Hold thank on. you to Exeter Gutter Cleaning uh, for yes. sponsoring us. yes. Yes. Great sponsor. And uh, check us out you know on what? Facebook, all that stuff. Yeah. All mm -hmm. that social media stuff. Yes. So, uh, and other than that, uh, you know, I've completely forgotten the extra. That's okay. Yeah. Just don't be a yeah. dick to people. That's all. Yeah. Thank you don't for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Right. Uh, tell people you love them. And we'll see you next time. Where, Maria? In the back room. Boom. See ya. Yeah.